0: Welcome back to the GoToGo Go podcast, man. Episode 74, NFL Divisional Round, right around the corner, man. NFL wildcard weekend just happened. Uh, a lot of blowouts last week. We'll get talking to them in just a moment, and then we're going to jump into, obviously, Divisional Round pick as well. Let's start. First game of last week, we'll quickly recap, and we both went. 3-3 three and three on our picks um, last week. So, we're even hitting the divisional round in the playoffs. First game last week, Browns-Texans, man. I'll let you go ahead uh go first. Give your comments on this
1: game. Um, well, you know, I, I bought into the Browns sitting here next to you. All the Browns hype and propaganda and stuff. You know, the best defense in the league, this and that. But, it, unfortunately... Joe Flacco, I think he played, you know, outside of one of the interceptions being a pick six. He kind of played how he's been playing all year. You know, he's going to push the ball down the field. He's going to gamble. Some of those throws, you know, might not end out well, but it's a killer when they're back to back. And I I just think the big story here is the defense kind of just letting this team down. Because when you have Flacco gambling, you know, playing like that, he's, you know, banking on the defense, getting stops and you know, he's able to take those chances. Well, unfortunately, C.J. Stroud continuing his, you know, red hot play going into the playoffs. And I mean, I can't think of like the last time, like maybe Andrew Luck, like a rookie quarterback has literally just like put this team on his back. And he's literally like the entire offense for the Texans, like all of these throws he's making downfield, even, the, you know, the big throw downfield to Nico Collins, they just missed. So, CJ Stroud proved he was making every single throw on the field against one of the best defenses in the league, like you mentioned. You know, beating that man coverage, those Browns—they got those corners. They were playing tight man coverage. CJ Stroud throwing the ball all over the field, a couple big plays here and there, and that—that that was just the turn of the game. It was—it came down to you know, CJ Stroud protecting the ball more than Joe Flacco, and I, I thought it was—I like the Browns, like you like you said, man. Coming, in, I thought that defense was going to be a real issue for CJ Stroud, but uh. It's going to make for a real interesting game next week. I mean, we'll talk about the Texans and Ravens, but after seeing C.J. Stroud and how he played against that Browns defense, it's going to be hard to be confident picking against them. But, yeah, I was just surprised of, you know, how poor C.J. Stroud continued to be in the playoffs and, you know, what happened to that Browns defense. Maybe you have some answers, but, uh, that yeah, that's that's what I came up with.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not Jim Schwartz D coordinator, but I got my guesses and whatnot. Uh, Joe Flacco back to back pick sixes. Back to back drives, obviously. Second one put the game on ice. First one was really momentum killer. Trying to get points. You get the ball, you know, after halftime. Um, after the Texans had the ball, you're able to hold them, you know, to not scoring. And you go down, throw a pick six on uh, basically what wanted it to be a throwaway. Sort of just chucked it up. Got hit as he threw. It was basically a dead throw towards the sideline. They're supposed to go out of bounds, and this is the first time you know this year where Joe Flacco's turnovers were come come back to bite him. You mentioned that defense usually after those turnovers, the defense steps up. Obviously, from those turnovers, you couldn't really respond considering there were pick sixes, but they were getting you know cooked all day. Greg Newsome looked lost on the back end. Denzel Ward obviously was not healthy. He, he, slow. Lost a step with that knee injury during the week. Um, Miles Garrett, no show, just like Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to it. Big star pass rusher. Big game, didn't really make a splash. I mean, no one on that uh, D-line that's been showing up all year. Really made any, you know, movement. Obviously, C.J. Stroud's getting that ball out quick. But, man, coverage. I mean, he still had time more than he... Should have, at least. And you mentioned that deep ball to Nico Collins. That game could have been over a lot quicker if they connected on that big play. Down the field, outside of, you know, JOK, he's the only Browns player that really stepped up and played at an elite level. I thought he was an all-pro snub. He carried it into the postseason. I mean, the TFLs, him getting to the backs in the backfield, uh, just his pursuit of the football, he was the only one that looked like he really cared out there on the defensive side of the ball. C.J. Stroud was picking them apart. Man beaters, crossers, everything. I mean, it, it it looked like a veteran at the helm, at quarterback, the way he was just able to step back, under poise, um, in big moments and make big plays. In the offense, I mean, drone forward, you're on your fourth and fifth uh, tackles coming into the game. One of them goes down, so you're at five and six. Joel Batonio goes down. Now you're left with... Two starting offensive tackles between your center and your right guard doesn't leave a lot of time for Joe Flacco. and uh, The only problem I had was all those passes to Harrison Bryant. He was getting more targets than <laughs> Elijah Moore, even David Bell. I know Cooper was banged up, still didn't try to get him to rock as much as they probably should have, and then Elijah Moore, your other playmaker, and Kareem Hunt was really the only running back that was running for anything, and they still decided to you know give the ball to Jerome Ford. There was no holes, basically. It was just, you know, I think the injury bug caught up to him, especially paired with the, the Flacco turnovers. And then mm. the defense, you're not playing at an elite level. It's, it was kind of easy pickings for the Texans at that point when that defense was just letting them walk all over them. And usually, three and out defense, they let them sustain drives. And once you get to the red zone, that's where the Browns' defense was bad this year. So they did that. They executed. And it it got ugly quick in that second half.
1: Yeah, injuries were bad. Like, I don't even – was Miles Garrett fully healthy? I feel like ever since, like, that injury he had, like, early in the season, he's kind of been a lot quiet. Like, we talked about, you know, he had that crazy hot start to the season. That Colts game especially, he's, like, balling out on special teams, blocking kicks and stuff like that. Then he went down with that injury, and he's kind of been, you know, quiet these last couple weeks going into the playoffs. So, I mean, we talked about all season injuries have been, like, brutal for the Browns. So, yeah. I think it really did just catch up with him.
0: Yeah, it, when you're playing a game with your practice squad linemen, I mean, fourth and fifth string, we're going past the starters, we're going past the backups, we're going past. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it's tough to kind of get a consistent pocket for Joe Flacco, and you could see it. Uh, Will Anderson was in that backfield a few times, and they were just applying pressure, uh, dialing up the right blitzes. D'Amico Ryan's did a fantastic job. Uh, Just scheming that game right, keeping Flacco under pressure, and it, it worked for the Texans in, in a big way. Um, But, yeah, other than that, man, it's hats off to JOK. He was the only guy that really came to play, so got to give him his credit. And then the next game up, I mean, just about what I expected. I know I picked the Dolphins, but Dolphins Chiefs Saturday night, Peacock exclusive, your take on that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, this game went, other than, you know, my Eagles bias, and we'll get to that game later on, but this was like the like a lock for me. I I didn't see any way Miami went into Kansas City in that weather. You know, injuries, another big, big thing for especially that defense, whereas, you know, if you're going against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you're going to need everything you get. So injuries being down your, you know, top three pass rushers is definitely not going to help against Patrick Mahomes, and we kind of saw you know, he just had all day in the pocket. He was able to step up, scramble whenever he wanted, sit back, hit his open receivers, and, you know, it, it's funny that, you know, it was, I guess, what, week 19 at this point the wild card of the playoffs. You know, the receivers finally decided to step up and catch balls in freezing degree weather. But, I mean, listen, better, na- better late than never for the Chiefs. But this game went pretty much exactly how I figured. Um, Chiefs have a solid defense, and once they were able to, you know, kind of take away that first option for Tua and really stop the run because, you know, Miami, that's what they want to do. They want to get going with the run game and then, you know, off of that, did a little play action, little RPOs and stuff like that. So, once they were able to stop the run and force Tua to, you know, drop back in those conditions, see Tyreek slip, Sandy got pressed to Cancun. I mean, it, it was just pretty much, you know, a disaster. I think everyone pretty much saw this coming from Miami. Horrible way to go off, and, you know, we'll touch on the Lions game, but now they own, you know, the largest playoff drought win in the league, so that's tough. But, yeah, the Chiefs, I think, are, you know, unlike the Eagles, where, you know, both of these teams have, you know, kind of disappointing seasons coming off of the Super Bowl, whereas the Chiefs, they kind of, like, found an identity. They know that they have a, a solid defense, and Mahomes is just – You know, doing whatever he can, whereas the Eagles, they just don't have – they didn't have any idea, identity whatsoever. But the Chiefs, I think, are playing – starting to play some really good football again during the right time of year. And, I mean, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I don't think you can ever count those guys out. So this is pretty much exactly how I saw this game going with the Chiefs and Dolphins.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not even going to touch on the Dolphins injuries. You could pretty much pack this game up uh, before it even started. I'm not even going to mention the weather. First off, I did see a clip of Tom Brady saying he liked playing on the frozen ice when the field was you know, icy because D-Lineman couldn't get off the line. He had time in the pocket. He could do what he wanted. Uh, clearly not for the Dolphins. It didn't work at all. It Something's got to change with this scheme uh, that Mike McDaniel has because – the fact that we were throwing bubble screens all game and uh, five yards behind the line of scrimmage, the Chiefs' pursuit was on it, and the defense. I, kudos to them. They pers- the pursuit of the ball touched you know one of the Dolphins' playmakers' hands. They were right there, surrounding them, wrapping up, making you know good clean tackles, not letting the play get extended. It, they didn't try to push the ball downfield whatsoever. You know the run game was non-existent. You mentioned that, uh, but they didn't try to get. You know, anything past the line of scrimmage I felt like. Everything was before other than that Tyreek big hitter in which he was even under threw on. Nonetheless, it, it, something's got to change because they scheme for those perfect weather games in Miami and, you know, playing fast, let it rip. First read, well, you take away that first read, as you mentioned, play breaks down. you got to be able to be a playmaker in the pocket. Something too, is not really good at doing. I mean, I watched... Couple times that game where the pocket looked pretty clean, and he's running up in the pocket, throwing one legged passes with a dead arm behind it. So, just more pocket awareness of being able to step up, clean pocket, and just throw the football down the field. And you just don't see it from Tua. The wide receiver screens were killing me. I mean, it was like fourth and something at the end of the game, and the last chance they really had. And they throw it five yards past the line of scrimmage, and it was like fourth and fifteen. So Carolina special. <laughs> Carolina special. I had PTSD to that wide receiver screen into the game. So you basically given up. I know the defense is banged up. Uh, Fangio finally did something, trying to you know send some pressure to Mahomes. The only thing that seemed to work, but they couldn't get a four man rush. It looked like Melvin Ingram was in slow motion, along with Emmanuel Ogba all game. If it wasn't Sealer or Wilkins up the middle, I mean, that D-line was abysmal. The, the linebacker crew, I mean, Duke Riley, first possession, he got hurt. And he couldn't even walk. And Mahomes saw that and it went right over the middle of the field, walking for a touchdown. So it's going to come down to coaching. Something, something not a coaching change, but there has to be a change in philosophy in Miami. To maybe open up that offense a little bit more, um, but yeah, the Chiefs played a great game. Mahomes just being Mahomes, and I mean, even Kelsey tried to help the Dolphins when he dropped like four passes that game. And Rasheed Rice was cooking. I mean, sh- the Chiefs looked good last. Not they didn't even look good. They just are better than the Dolphins at that point in the season. It's gonna move us to the Steelers and Bills. They played. Uh, on Monday night, they were supposed to, or not night, Monday afternoon, they were supposed to play Sunday. Your take's on this one.
1: Um, this was, you know, a classic Josh Allen-Bills game, you know. Josh Allen putting the super cape on, Superman cape on and basically winning this game for the Bills, you know. And it always, like, the Bills are just, like, one of the most polarizing teams. Like, Josh Allen, he'll have that, you know, big run they'll go up big against a team like the Steelers and then next thing you know it's like oh they're only they're up a score and like the Steelers are driving and Mason Rudolph is completing a couple passes like it's something there and then Mason Rudolph just you know throws a horrible pick in the end zone and then the Bills get all the momentum back so I don't like how the Bills they just like allow teams they hang around and then with Josh Allen's you know turnover ability it's like always one pass like it, it, you always just feel like it's coming. Like, he's going to do it. Like, he, he's going to do something. He's going to throw it up. It's going to be a bad play. But, I mean, regardless, this was one of the good Josh Allen games. The way he was running, his ability to, you know, get outside of the pocket, even on design QB runs. At this point in the playoffs, like, outside of Lamar Jackson, you know, Josh Allen's legs are, you know, probably the biggest threat a QB has outside of throwing the ball. So, I think the Bills are in a really good spot. Um, Shakir, he— Provided a lot of explosive players on the outside. Diggs was kind of the more, you know, the intermediate receiver. So it, it was nice to see another playmaker step up. And then, you know, Allen's going to get both of the tight ends involved. Um, I just think, you know, the Steelers were kind of just, you know, I mean, I've been saying it all year. Like, this is this is what the Steelers do. They start off horribly. Everyone says they're bad. Tomlin's a solid coach, a great coach. Gets them to right above 500. They got a little life going in. They somehow make the playoffs, and then they just lose to a better team. Like, I can't really fault the Steelers. This is this is what they are. But the Bills, you know, if you take away that big Josh Allen run, you take away, you know, Josh Allen having to carry this team, I still have some question marks. But regardless, if Allen is playing like this and if he's protecting the ball like he did in this game, I think they have a chance to go, you know, literally as far as Allen can take them. So, I mean, it is a nice win. I wouldn't say an impressive win over Steelers' team. They let Mason Rudolph hang around. Pickens and Deontay Johnson kind of got going there in the second half, so that could be a problem for that Bills defense, who also just, just obliterated with injuries. It's like every drive, they were just losing a player, losing a player. So that's going to be tough. But, yeah, I think this Bills team can definitely make some noise in the playoffs, especially on the AFC, where, I mean, every single quarterback now on the a- on the AFC side is just playing you know, lights out ball. So I mean, I, I expected more from this Bills offense, especially, maybe a little bit more James Cook, especially once they, you know, made that offensive coordinator change during the middle of the season. We saw more balance, but I mean they're in the playoffs. I don't think this is gonna be that much of a balance anymore. I think it's literally just give the ball to Josh Allen and like he wins us this game, it takes us all the way to the Super Bowl or, you know, we lose <laughs> with Josh Allen. So they're riding the dying with their franchise star quarterback, and I can't really blame them at this point. So, it, it, it was a solid game for the Bills.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one started in the afternoon window, sitting there watching at work. I think it was 21 nothing when I left work. I get home. I see the Steelers. You know, I think they put up either, it was like 10 or 13 or something at like that. 10, yeah. And I was when like, oh. they scored another 7. Yeah, making a little comeback now. I was like, the Bills, they just let these teams, you know, hang around like you said, and you can't really do that this late in the season. It's just, you know, the Steelers were just decent enough, you know, third-string quarterback, whatnot, Mason Rudolph. I know I say they're all in the same category. It doesn't really <laughs> matter when it comes to that. But, it, I mean, I mean, you just let them hang around. It's, it's not a good recipe. You mentioned Bill's had a lot of injury on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think their pickup of Razul Douglas, you know, has been big for him in that back end after losing Trey White. I don't even think he played last game. No, he's I'm been not, banged I'm, up. Yeah. yeah, I'm not yeah. sure, but I think he's uh, coming back next week. But regardless, this Bills team, they could get scary. You mentioned Josh Allen with his legs. And outside of Lamar Jackson, obviously, the best playmaker with his legs left in the playoff picture. Um, It, it just really comes down to, I know you said you got to let Josh Allen you know, either carry you to a chip or they got to establish some type of run game. We'll talk about that. You know, with the Chiefs coming up uh, in their matchup. Regardless, I mean, I just think the Steelers, are, you know, out, out talented. Like you just, yeah, the Bills are a better, a better team. team. Like you, yeah. Steelers, you know, I don't want to say happy to be there, but that's almost <laughs> like it was. Like you punched a ticket, man. You gave Mike Tomlin another winning season, um, and it looks like he's gonna stay in. You know, at the or Pittsburgh. So. Mm-hmm. Another year of Tomlin under the belt for the Steelers, maybe a different quarterback. We'll see if they decided, you know, lean picket, whatever it is in the offseason. But the Bills, they, they got to find a way just to not be, you know, one-dimensional with the ball in Josh Allen's hand uh, if they're trying to win it all this year. So it's going to push us to, you know, game of the week, man, or shocking game of the week. Packers, Cowboys, Packers taking down the Cowboys. Thanks for that. Took all the pressure off the Dolphins and the Browns the night before. I'll let you go ahead and talk about, you know, your least favorite team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I would say this was by far the most disappointing or most surprising loss this weekend, you know, out of all of the games. Whereas, you know, all the other losses, you can kind of like see the writing on the wall or point to something of why they lost. But the Cowboys, I mean – they literally had everything perfectly set up for them. They were at home. The way I mean, you know, the home and road numbers were out of this world for the Dallas team. So they were at home. They averaged like 40 points a game. They had one, top offense, one of the best passing options, and their defense was really solid, especially at home, able to create turnovers, able to, you know, take away the big plays and make big plays and score on defense. And the Packers really just came in and just – flipped the script entirely. They looked like the Cowboys, how, how they used to play at home usually. So, I mean, this is – I think, you know, this playoffs, we're definitely seeing, you know, maybe like the next wave of great quarterbacks because some of these performances we've seen from these young guys has really been, you know, amazing. Jordan Love, what he was able to do in his first playoff game after, you know, an up-and-down first season as a starter. He comes in, LaFleur, with a great game plan – they pretty much just run all over the Cowboys and dial up those deep shots perfectly whenever they need it. And then I I just still can't believe how you go from Favre to Rogers. And now Love literally just looks like just a light skin Aaron Rodgers Rogers. in the pocket. Like the way he throws, the way he moves in that pocket, he has that super quick release just like Rogers does he's able to produce a bunch of velocity with the ball. It's like he's fading away. just flicks his wrist and he's throwing, you know, 40-yard touchdowns right down the seam, hitting guys in stride. It's just amazing. This Packers offense is, once again, like all these other teams clicking on all cylinders, playing some of the best football. Defensively, they stepped up and made some big plays when it mattered. You know, Jair talking all his noise. He came up with a big turnover to get the ball back to their offense in the red zone and then Darnell Savage who you know he's had a a bumpy career with the big pick six to kind of you know at that point going up 27-0 in the second quarter it was like the game's pretty much over at this point so defense I still have some questions from the Packers but they stepped up and made a couple big plays when it mattered had that big sack on Dak Prescott on third down when they were you know driving early trying to get back in the game so I just don't know where you go from this point if you're the Dallas Cowboys like Dak Prescott at this point, like, I mean, I think you have to keep him, but, you no, know, that cap hit, you're going to have to be paying him all that money. It's like, where do you go at this point? Michael Parsons, he really didn't show up. The Packers online played a really good game. Seating Lamb chose, you know, the wild card to have his, you know, week one and two performances when he was on my fantasy team. And I trade him and he does, you know, <laughs> what Seating Lamb does, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it just looked like bad vibes all around on that Cowboys bench, and the Packers are, you know, youngest team in the playoffs. Like they just—they're playing with house money, man. They really got nothing to lose. They're just going out, executing their game plan and playing, you know, as freely as you can. In the pack and the Cowboys, I think you kind of see, you know, that pressure being America's team. Jerry Jones looking over your shoulder twenty-four-seven, like it. It's just tough in Dallas when you lose McCartney. He's gonna come back. Like there's a lot of big questions out there for Dallas, and I think this is gonna be a pivotal off season because I saw a stat. I think they were twelve and five the last three seasons and never made it to the divisional round. Like they just always lose. So or never made it out of the divisional round. Excuse me. They just you know have these great seasons, have these great offenses, great defenses, but. In the playoffs, they just always seem to come up short. And I definitely thought it was going to be different this year. From an Eagles fan, like, I picked the Cowboys to win this game. They were at home. I definitely thought, you know, this Cowboys team looked a lot different than other years. I thought they were going to have a shot. But ultimately, it's the same old Cowboys. So, yeah, that's the conclusion I came to. They just couldn't get it done in primetime. time. When yeah. It mattered the most. It,
0: it, I think problem stems from Jerry Jones. I don't know who said it, but someone said it this week. It's just, I think it's time for Jerry just to either go behind the scenes, which he'll never do, or just move on, bro, because I think he's really, really the curse at this point. Um, Yeah, you mentioned Dak. You mentioned, you know, Micah not showing up. Once again, another pass rusher. I, I got to give credit to the Pac-Man. Aaron Jones, you know, he sees that, that Dallas Cowboys, and he just turns into a different monster. I mean... <laughs> He, I think he has, like, nine career touchdowns in, like, four games against the Cowboys or something Crazy. like that. So Aaron Jones definitely tees up against the Pack. He turned that clock back a little bit and, you know, made it easier for Jordan Love. Obviously, Jordan Love still made some tough throws. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cowboys weren't able to get pressure. They dial up a couple blitzes. Jordan Love, you know, he hits the right man at the right time. I think it was... I don't even know. It was, like, number 13. I've never seen him on the pack. Wicks, yeah. Yeah, Wicks, yeah. He was out there, you know, on that deep ball. And you mentioned, you know, just his, the way he handles himself in the pocket, his footwork. You mentioned his arm. I mean, he does that same little three-quarter effortless, you know, dot. Like, it it looks like Rodgers, definitely. So, Jordan Love, I mean, dude won me my fantasy chip. I'm rocking with him. You mentioned the house money. I'm loving it. In Green Bay, they're kind of like just that team at this point for me. And the Cowboys, yeah, you got to change something at this point. You're an, unable, you know, after everything you did to get that number two seed, you were so happy. Dak said he wants something bigger. They went ahead and put a meme <laughs> on his head of a, a sombrero yeah, saying he, was, a, he can't yeah, come. He, right. wasn't, he wasn't wearing the NFC East champs hat. Yeah, because yeah, he wanted something bigger. Well, maybe he just wanted to go home, but uh, tough scene for the Cowboys, man. You got all that talent. Deron Bland just got absolutely cooked. His case for DPOI shouldn't even be up in the air. He was. Romeo Dobbs had a field day on that side of the ball too for the packin. Yeah, Dobbs had a big game. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think Jaden Reed really had a big day at all. But the other guys stepped it up. That's how you know they got weapons. You know, any given day. Any other player could really do their job.
1: Yeah, I think Watson was even backing. He didn't even have a
0: crazy yeah, game. Yeah, it, like, it was like Dobbs, Musgrave, and Wicks. Like. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Aaron Jones. I really think it starts with Aaron Jones. that they got that run game going, that play action is so lethal, able to create for Jordan Love and make it really easy on his, his part uh, as a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. And the Sunday night game, the Rams-Lions probably, you know, game best game of the wild card weekend came down to, you know, one score game, one point. Um, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely the best game they had all weekend. And really all I could say is, you know, it's just, you know, you got to be happy for Detroit, that area, you know, first home playoff win in 30 years. And now, you know, how things shook out, like they have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. Like, We'll get into it. They host Tampa next week at home with Dallas losing. Like, they can play these, they had another home playoff game. So, I mean, two times in one year and you haven't had it in 30 years, that's pretty amazing. So, it's going to be another packed-out stadium. But, I mean, this was a, you know, this game had all the storylines coming in. McVay versus Goff. Stafford back in Detroit. So, I mean, I think it, it, it lived up to the hype. Ultimately, you know, it. Puka Nakua had a crazy, crazy game. He was going off, but it, I, this game literally just came down to the red zone and the Rams settled a couple of times and kicked a kicked a few field goals. When and the Lions were able to just hold them off and put up more touchdowns. So I think this is the most evenly matched game we had all season, like or all playoffs. Excuse me. You mentioned came down to one score. Um, I would say the better team won. You know, I, I was rooting for the Rams. I thought the Rams had a legit shot. Stafford was out dealing questionable call there at the end on puka you know a lot of contact but you know there there was a couple of missed calls that could have gone either way on both sides of the ball but yeah this is overall in terms of, of football this is definitely the best game it, it just came down to the rams not being able to execute in the red zone really
0: yeah i'm right with you lions fans good time to be alive for them and there's a chance where they could get you know three um Playoff games at home, but. Exactly. Just We'll we'll give him that. It'd be crazy if they really did as, you know, or the three seed, the two seed. Three seed. Yeah. So, I mean, Jared Goff, you know, he did Jared Goff things. Ra on the outside. Sam Laporta in that red zone. It just being an unbelievable rookie tight end, stepping up for Jared Goff when he needed it. Stafford, you mentioned him and Puka were just on the same page all night. Questionable call or no call at the end, or whatever you want to do uh, with that Puka play. Nonetheless, that Lions defense is the only thing that scares me. You saw how easy it was for Puka. You know, they play um, the Bucks next week. Got some big receivers out there. We'll see what happens with that. Stafford did get a little banged up in the game. I mean, he was taking some huge hits. Yeah. That probably really affected him a lot. And you know Stafford's not coming out, you know, especially against the Lions. There's no chance. The game of the week um, and the storyline was definitely there, you know. Dan Campbell, after the game, went ahead and handed a game ball and he told Jared Goff, you know, you're good enough for Detroit. Got to be the most Lions <laughs> and Dan Campbell thing you could possibly think of. So the script's in it for the Lions this year. Uh, we'll talk about their matchup next week, but definitely um, my favorite game to watch last week that's gonna break us down to monday night football man the eagles bucks i like call them the dolphins of the north um you go ahead and talk about your eagles
1: well i mean this is worse than the dolphins of the north because at least the dolphins can say they had injuries on the defensive side of the ball but i mean if you watch that game yesterday like they, there was just zero effort you're right no tackling like and I, this is literally what i've been preaching the entire week like i'm I don't know why the Eagles were favored in going into this game, this defense, just especially on the back end, whereas, you know, the Bucks when they're playing their best and they're going to want to play their best in the playoffs, like, what do they do best? It's Baker throwing the ball down the field over the middle, and what do the Eagles not do, defend anything in the past? So, I mean, it, it literally played into the Bucks' favor. So, I mean, the Eagles are in a very tough position because they have two major problems on both sides of the ball, and, I mean, I can go on and on about, you know, what's on what's wrong with this Eagle team, but ultimately, like, defensively, your issue is personnel. Like coaching, yeah, they got the side out, brought in Matt Patricia. That I literally said that's not gonna do anything. Like that that's not the issue the Eagles have. The issue they have is personnel. James Bradbury has regressed to I I can't like I don't even know. Like it, he's just not good. Like he's not gonna be on NFL roster next year. And then you're relying on, you know, two very, very late-round pick rookies, a UDFA and a fifth-round pick. Darius Slade coming off a knee surgery, Avante Maddox coming off from a torn peg. Both of the starting safeties are out. So, I mean, yeah, at this point, you're just scratching and clawing. And then when you have Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham as your, you know, number one options at linebacker. Like, like I don't know what you expect to happen on the field. The defensive line literally a shell of himself because of the play around them has been so bad and they haven't been good as well. So yeah, defensively, like, I don't care like who is coaching them or what scheme they're in. They just weren't going to make plays offensively. I just think it's the exact opposite. Like you saw Devonte Smith go off. He had a crazy game over hundred yards, had a bunch of crazy catches, but like all of his catches were like the best play of the game. Every single catch he made <laughs> was like the greatest catch ever. Because he's not schemed open, bro. Like, pure talent is what was carrying that team. Jalen Hurts holding onto the ball, taking a really bad safety. No run game. Like, Philly fans say run the ball, run the ball. They can't run the ball, bro. Like, the run game was non-existent. Swift was not able to get open. They literally just run inside zone every single play with the RPO behind it. Like, there's no creativity in the run game. Sounds
0: like Mike McDaniel, (laughs) you ask me. Yeah, I mean,
1: they might pull a guard here, there, or pull Kelsey because, you know, he's arguably one of the greatest centers to ever play football. He's so athletic. But, I mean, it's just bad. And they continue. Like, it's been an entire season. Jalen Hurts' entire career, besides last year, even – last year this was somewhat of a problem but they can't beat the blitz bro there's zero options for the blitz like when you think of being blitzed like you want a hot option you know get the ball out of your hand quick locate the blitz and throw into the blitz get the ball out of your hands very fast whenever Jalen Hurts gets blitzed like the only option is throw the ball 40 yards downfield off of your back foot and like just pray that's not a way to be successful I think you know I think he was Jalen Hurts was blitzed like the second most in his entire career last night against the Bucks, and that's been you know the recipe to stop this Eagles offense. Once you dial up a blitz, once you, you know allow Jalen Hurts to get rid of the ball super quick, you don't let him sit back in the pocket, read, you know, create with his legs. There is no answer for Jalen Hurts. So he becomes, you know, an average to below average quarterback. That's like taking a test. And then none of the answers you can choose are correct. Like you're gonna fail. Like A, B, C, and D are all wrong. There's nothing you can do. Like you gotta put a, in your own answer. Exactly. Like you gotta put <laughs> in call your own, own play. Exactly. And when he does that, it's like you know throwing up a prayer to Devontae Smith. And, you know, hopefully he catches it. Same thing with AJ Brown. That's why we saw you know all those deep bombs to AJ Brown and double coverage. It's like okay. We're gonna blitz him and Jalen Hurts is gonna throw the ball forty yards down the field. Just put two people over there and we'll probably catch a pick or incompletion. So yeah, Sirianni, I think he's gonna be on the hot seat, especially if this was a, this was a different year and you know there wasn't as many, you know, coaching candidates out there, big names that have proven themselves in this league. Maybe Sirianni's safe running back. But I mean when you have a Belichick, when you have Rabel. When you have all these names out there that, you know, a Pete Carroll, a Harbaugh, Harbaugh, these names that could possibly, you know, come in and take over for this team because clearly the personnel offensively and then I think on the defensive line, you have some really, really solid players on this team. Talent overall isn't an issue. I think it is defensively, but overall, this team should have been way, way, performing way better than what they were, you know, on this final stretch of the season. I I mean, I can go over all of these games again, but yeah, this ever since the Seahawks game, I've been out. This is not like a disappointing loss to me. I knew this was going to happen. Like I'm just, at this point, it's just, you know, glad to get it over with. We don't have to go through this anymore. Like we can just get onto this next season, make the changes. Maybe, you know, how he realizes you can't just draft, you know, defense and offensive line, like linebackers matter when you look at, all of the great teams left in the playoffs, like, they have great secondary and linebacker play. Like, it, that stuff matters. So, you know, I, I think there's blame to go all around this Eagles organization. And, you know, they just got to be better. But like you mentioned, hats off to the Buck man. Baker was, like, banged up, had, like, broken ribs and a bum ankle. And he literally just casually went out and just threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against this Eagles defense. So, yeah, Bucks defense, they had a game plan, just blitz Jalen Hurts. And they won't have no idea what to do. It worked. Hats off to the Bucks. They were definitely the better team, and it looked a lot different in Week Three. So yeah, I mean, I would say it's disappointing, but as an Eagles fan or as someone you know keeping up with this, like the writing was on the wall, and the better team definitely won in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna cover the game. You touched on everything perfectly. Um, One thing I do want to touch on, the Gilly. I don't know if you saw his little video, but he you know, he talked to some of the Eagles players before the game, shouted out that D line, did their job, basically everyone on that D line. Um, you know, he said he loved Quez Watkins, but he gotta go. Um, it's all love. Huh? Quez. He has Bradbury if he was ready. Bradbury said yeah and then, you He wasn't know, Gilly said yeah, maybe ready to go on vacation, so which yeah. Bradbury, I mean, dude, I didn't even see that tackle live on one and saw the highlight. And it, it was which bad. one, bro? Like, which yeah, which one? Like like you're right. Three of them, dog. One? I'm talking about the
1: one that went yeah. for the touchdown where he just wrapped up and, like, slipped. I it mean, was that one. There was another one, like, on the running back on a little yeah, swing he just route. He just missed. Easy yeah. first down. Like... And it's not even it wasn't just Bradbury like no was I mean it like wasn't
0: but Bradbury's Slade got to his be. ankles
1: broke on the first long touchdown I mean he got hurt too didn't he Well yeah at the end of the game but he was healthy for this one <laughs> or he was playing well for went that first one Kevin Byard just he's ankle biting at everything and missing like it it was just bad secondary wise yeah a lot a lot of change has to has to come I think to that to that defense overall besides the defensive line. It was nice. Uh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat finally got a nice sack. Brandon Graham had a very solid game. Uh, Milton Williams, I think, is a a really, really solid underrated player. We got a lot of depth on that defensive line. I think it's okay if you want to let some of these veteran guys, you know, have their farewell tour or even walk at this point. But I think it's definitely time to at least see what you got in these young guys. Like Jalen Carter, he's shown flashes. Jordan Davis, he's shown flashes as well, but, you know, they kind of tailed off towards the end of the season. Like, okay, now next year, make them the guys. Don't kind of do this rotation. See if you have something there, because if you don't, move on. But I think those two guys do have a lot of upside, and Milton Williams is a really solid young player who I think should definitely get some more reps. He had a solid game as well. So at this point, you know, Jason Kelsey, he's retiring. Shout out Kelsey. You know, he was a part of that great championship run in 2017 Lane Johnson said he has, you know, a few more good years left in him. Fletcher Cox still up in the air. And then um, Brendan Graham. Graham, yeah, he said he wants to go on the Fair World Tour. So I think at this point with Kelsey retiring, it's time to kind of, you know, phase a lot of those older guys out because I did, that's literally what we did this year was like just banking on a lot of these older guys continuing to play at the level they did last year in. You know, Bradbury included Bradbury slave. When, when you guys get, when you get this old in age, especially, you know, in football and such a physical sport, like it, like you can see like play just drop off of a cliff. Like you bring in Kevin Byard. He was an older safety. Not really sure if much is there. Shaq Leonard couldn't even get on the field. He's coming off a bad neck injury. Like I, I just think it's time to, you know, kind of refresh now, you know, all the legends and stuff. You can let them get their little farewell tour, but I think we definitely got to prioritize the young guys. See if we have something there in that talent because, yeah, running it back with, with this team was definitely not the answer, and I think some changes definitely got to come.
0: Yeah, the only one I'm letting rock on that farewell tour is, you know, Super Bowl hero Brandon Graham. So oh, yeah, no, him. he can have his farewell <laughs> tour, but we don't
1: need to – like he doesn't need to be playing like, oh, a, no, like no, no. a bunch of – and I think they kind of – Big respect for Brandon Graham. No, of course. Shout out to I'm not saying, like, (laughs) no, 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 I know you're not. I'm just saying, me personally. Give him his UD farewell tour, bro. Like, just don't play him, but, no, have him be there, dog. Like, (laughs) bro. UD's farewell tour could have happened, like, eight years ago, bro. Like, it's just. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing major, man. And Um, then, you know, one last game, last home game into Kelly Green, throw him out there as a captain, you know, maybe have a sack or two, just like (laughs) you did in his last game. Gives him a little uh, attribute boost, like like, playing with momentum. Like Kobe in his last game, like just throw up a bunch of shots. He still had 60, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Kobe Kobe did, uh, man.
0: Um, It's going to lead us to this week, man, weekend football Saturday. I think this game starts at 4.30. Um, Texans-Ravens in Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium. I'll let you go ahead and uh, break this
1: matchup down first. Um, this I think this is going to be a very good game. I think this has shootout potential. I mean, what we saw C.J. Stroud do to that Cleveland defense, I don't think there's, you know, you. I don't think at this point in his career how good your defense is, I don't think there's a way to, like, completely – Shut him out at least right now. The way they're playing, they're a super, super hot team. I think CJ Stroud is going to get his against that Raven defense. You know, same thing we said last week against that Brown defense oh, best defense in the league. They're going to bring the pressure. They got great cover guys, this and that. Like the Ravens have the same thing. They're a super good defense, a lot of physical players, safety play. They got Kyle Hamilton, that defensive line, the most sacks in the league. So they're going to put pressure on Stroud, but. I just think it's crazy at this point to say CJ Stroud isn't going to get his. So I think the Texans, they do enough, but they, they don't do enough to beat Lamar Jackson and his Ravens because th- this offense, the way Lamar is playing, the weapons, they had that by, you know, to get fully healthy, the offensive line, literally everything is clicking perfectly for the Ravens. So I, I think this has, you know, shootout potential, a bunch of big plays. Maybe Nico Collins gets deep for the Texans and then, you know, Lamar hits his, zay flowers or you know that run game maybe lamar scrambles but i think this could be a really good game but at home ravens are the one seed i think they've just they've shown us so much more than the texans this season i think the ravens do just enough to beat the texans in a in a fun game at home so i'm i gonna rock with the ravens
0: i'm right with you and when you got uh jordan brevin or you know scoring touchdowns for the texans <laughs> number two tight end and whatnot he was cooking the browns defense I mean, Dalton Schultz had a drop that would open that game up as well. You know, I mentioned that Nico Collins hit. So that, that Texans offense, they get going, and they obviously got a chance to run the football as well. But C.J. Stroud, man, it it's hard, you know. it Just like say you could, you know, neutralize this guy entirely. And as a rookie coming in, you know, bottom of the pack team, yeah, the second overall pick, you come in and change the course of this entire franchise and give them hope. It is really insane. So hats off to Stroud, but this Ravens team you mentioned, LJ, uh, MVP, you know, front runner. I mean, it's just time to go out and shine. Finally, you know, stayed the full course of a season. He's healthy, probably the healthiest he's ever been. You know, at this late in the season, if he's still playing. Uh, this time he's not a rookie he gave a little compliment to Stroud he said in his rookie game he know he didn't play as good as Stroud so he gave his little props to you know CJ Stroud uh, class act but I think this Ravens team is just too good every level every aspect of the game I mean you break it down from special teams to offense to defense you know they probably have a better unit I really do think it could be a shootout but I just think this Ravens team is just too good. He mentioned Zay Flowers. I mean, I heard Mark Andrews whispers that he might be back this week. You pair him with Likely. That connection with Likely's gotten real good with Lamar over the the course of his injury as well. You put out those two targets, neutralize the Texans linebackers, keep them at bay. Um, I think they got a good chance. And Ravens being at home, I think it's a really good season for the Texans. Uh, regardless, win or lose, I think they got to take this season and build momentum. And in the next, but you never know, could be another upset like the Cowboys. Might be a collapse of the Ravens.
1: Uh, we'll see. But I, I'm I'm rocking with the Ravens at home here in this 4:30 game. Yeah, and I think if you if you look at that um game last week with the Texans and Browns before Joe Flacco's pick sixes, like it was a it was, back and yeah. forth game, like. Uh, and you don't think at this point Lamar is going to make that mistake, especially you know playing that two MVP, of them, yeah, playing that MVP level football. You know he's been you know leaps and bounds as a passer this season. Really showed you know he's using his legs more as to you know make plays down the field with his arm and not just take off and run. So at this point you really don't see Lamar you know making those two crushing mistakes like Joe Flacco did, where you know he's the gunslinger playing. You know, he's like, I'm just here. They signed me out of the street. I'm just, you know, pushing the ball down the field, attacking, attacking. So, yeah, I think that'll, that'll definitely be a, a big part for the Ravens. I think they protect the ball a lot better than Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I mean, Flacco, he, he didn't take care of the ball since he's, you know, been a Brown, but it just really never cost him like he did last week, capitalizing exactly. off it. And turning them into pick sixes, I mean, just momentum killers. And you you throw that first one you got to come back with some points they didn't and yeah i don't expect lj to make that type of mistake uh like flacco did nonetheless that texans team can't get scary um and i mean they just you know capitalize or don't make the mistakes they made last week and this could be you know a class afc divisional um matchup so First off, I hate, I hate the Ravens, so I I don't even <laughs> want to see them win, but I just you can't the season they've had, you, you can't. Um next game up NFC, you know, matchup Packers, Niners in San Fran. I mean, Niners coming off the bye as well. Both one seeds playing on Saturday. Uh,
1: you know, do they rise to the occasion? Do they fall? Who you got here? Um, Packers playing another game where, you know, they have that history with the team. You know, it's like last week it was the Cowboys. Packers own the Cowboys. Well, this one is kind of like the opposite. The last few years when they met the 49ers, it hasn't gone the Packers way. Raheem Mostert master class. Yeah, and then they go into Lambeau last couple of years. Shut out Aaron Rodgers in that offense. This game is going to be a tough one. I think I think the, 40, the 49ers are, I don't think, I know the 49ers are the better team. I think they have all the momentum. And I easily think the 49ers can, you know, get some pressure on Jordan Love, create a, you know early turnover, and this game can get really ugly. But if the Packers are able to hang around and Jordan Love and those, those wideouts maybe get Aaron Jones going on the ground, I think the Packers can legitimately win this game. And I'm going to pick the Packers. Now, this might be a little 49ers hate. It is as an Eagles fan. But regardless, Jordan Love and this Packers team, the way this offense has been, you know, moving ever since the second half of the season, they've been one of the top offenses in the league. So this is going to be a really good matchup on that side of the ball. Seeing that really, really good 49ers defense, all those playmakers they have go against the Packers offense, who so far up to this point, you know, since midseason, they've had a, literally an answer for everybody. So I think that's going to be a good matchup. I just think it comes down to, you know, Brock Prady. I, you're going to see him on the big stage now, you know, in the playoffs last year, he got injured, you know, was, we're still haven't really seen everything he could do. So I think a lot of questions are going to be answered this game. And then you look at, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, when he's playing from behind or when he doesn't have that huge lead, he looks at, uh, a lot different. So I think this Packers offense can definitely do enough to hang around and make it close. And uh, I'm going to just pick the Packers here in the upset, but I mean, it, it's going to be a great game. The 49ers literally have playmakers every on every single spot. Offense, special teams, defense. It's going to be a tough game. Man. Like this is I don't think it's going to be nowhere near as easy as the Cowboys, whereas, you know, we've seen the Cowboys get blown out by this 49ers team. Like we saw it be possible for the Cowboys to lose whereas the 49ers, yeah, they had their little stretch, but they weren't losing games like, you know, the Cowboys were. So, this is definitely going to be I think could be, you know, one of the most interesting matchups. And I mean, I can see this game going like five different ways. Like it, it should be a really good game, but I'm a, I'm going to pick the underdog here. I'm going to rock with the Packers and Jordan Love, man. I think, you know, that offense continues to roll. Aaron Jones has been such a dynamic back. He's fully healthy. I think they find a little success on the ground. And then, you know, LaFleur just keeps cooking up that play action, those deep shots. I think. We talked about earlier in the season, if you were going to get the 49ers, it's going to be, you know, through the air, hitting those deep balls, those big plays. We saw Kirk Cousins before he went down do it. We saw Joe Flacco, or not Joe Flacco, excuse me, Joe Burrow, when he was healthy with the Bengals, go into San Fran and do it as well. So I I think that's the blueprint, man. You got to capitalize on those big plays. And who else but the Packers, man? At this point, the way this offense is rolling, that's what they specialize in, big plays. So I'm going to rock with the Pack. Pack is back, man. You heard Jair uh alexander last
0: week uh before the cowboys game said so the pack is back man i really wasn't buying in too much but you go out and embarrass the cowboys you know america's team do it on their home stadium it you gotta show their respect and the, the underdog story right now the seventh seed and you know i'm not trying to jinx them or anything but a little you know new york giant magic in them possibly to make a little super bowl run We'll see, man. But that Niners team, yeah, they're dangerous at every level. You said Shanahan when he's not playing with the lead. Well, we remember when he had a lead in a Super Bowl, what it looked like. But (laughs) um, I just had to throw a little shot to them Falcon fans. Who might get Belichick, I heard. Full circle. Yep, full circle. Uh, Nonetheless, man, I just really – I could see the Niners easily winning this game. You talk about Brock Purdy. In the playoffs, this is going to be a big statement game, one they should win, but, you know, Brock Purdy living up to the challenge, is he the guy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Game Manager, Um, and when you look at the AFC quarterbacks compared to NFC, NFC, you know, you got golf, you got um, Purdy, you got Love, and you got Baker, you know, other than Love, those three other guys are, you know, middle of the pack game manager quarterbacks, um, so to say, so. Trying to get rid of that narrative here in these playoffs versus the AFC where you just got gunslingers between Lamar, Stroud, you know, Josh Allen, Mahomes. You're talking of big arms of the league. Um, I just think if the Packers could get that run game going, it's hard against that 49ers front, especially with the linebacker abilities they have, you know, two of the greatest linebackers uh, in the game. It's going to be tough, but I'm just pulling for the pack at this point. I'm rocking with the little hype train they got going, man. I'm going to have my cheese head out, Wisconsin cheddar style. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they make that playoff push. But you said it could go five different ways. I'm totally with you. It could be a neck and neck. Or I could just see this 49ers team steamrolling them. Uh, We'll see what that's, you know, rest versus rust as well with that bye (laughs) week. So We'll, we'll see. And then we got Sunday. I think this game's a three o'clock window. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going, you know, Detroit two home games for the Lions. They thought they might only get one. They get two. They get the Bucs at home against Baker Mayfield and company. Who do you have?
1: I'm thinking of the Lions here. I think, you know, so far out of all the playoff games, the Lions are the winners, man. Once they beat the Rams and then they get to pick between the Eagles and Bucks after that, I feel like the Lions would be, you know, easy favorites over either one of those teams, whoever happened to win. So I think, you know, the Lions are one of the hottest teams right now, man. Goff's playing great football, that run game, and defensively, they haven't been the best, but they, when they needed plays, they stepped up and made some big plays. So I think Baker Mayfield and this Bucks team, are they're solid, but, I mean, they just went against uh, the Eagles team who, at this point, just shouldn't have been a playoff team or weren't playing like a playoff team, whereas – You know, we saw this matchup a little early in the year where the Lions went down to Tampa Bay and pretty much had their way, was able to throw all over them. So I think Jared Goff continues, you know, his hot streak. He's going to be in that dome once again at home where he's most comfortable. Those weapons, Laporta gets another week to get healthier. You mentioned he had a touchdown, but he was playing a little banged up last year or last week, excuse me. So yeah, you know, see that run game, Gibbs and Montgomery hopefully take a little pressure off Goff, but I just think at home the Lions have too much momentum right now and I think they get a solid win.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm right there with the Bucks. You they had the Eagles last week, I think in week what eighteen when they needed that win, they only put up three field goals to win that game against <laughs> what? Was it the Panthers? The giant.
1: Or? Oh no, the Bucks. Yeah, against the Panthers. So yeah, you kinda walked into the
0: playoffs, NFC South, great storyline, man. I got to give credit, you know, no matter what I say. Baker Mayfield and company, man, as a former, you know, Browns quarterback led us to our only playoff win in my lifetime. And, you know, one call away from, you know, being in the AFC Championship game, maybe it changes the course of his career. Nonetheless, man, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs and the refs in a minute. But I, the Lions, I just think they're just top-down, you know, better roster, you mentioned, you know, the back end of the defense, you know, being a little suspect and whatnot. They got the job done last week when it mattered most against, you know, one of the better arms in the league and Matt Stafford in offenses. The Bucks literally need almost everything to go right and maybe Jared Goff to force a couple passes and turn the ball over. They really want to stand a chance. I just think the Lions, whether it's the run game or the pass game this week, they get it done at home. And I think the Lions head to their, you know, first NFC championship in a very long time. I'm not sure when to, if they even reached one. I'm, I'm sure they have, but it's been at least, you know, 40-plus years. So, give me the Lions at home. Dan Campbell's got these guys bought in right now, and they're ready to run through just about <laughs> any team they see. Yeah. So,
1: we literally, <laughs> figuratively just, and literally. Yeah. Listen, we literally just picked the AFC North. Or NFC North Championship matchup Packers uh-huh. and Lions like they'd be the Lions once again would at be home. at home if it goes the way we yeah. pick so that'd be a, a crazy NFC Championship game if that was to happen. oh yeah
0: I mean dude I think an all out war would go Lions
1: Packers oh my goodness
0: they were talking about you know Lions Browns in Vegas would be like a a fentanyl war or whatever going on <laughs> in the
1: streets like and listen all I'm gonna say is we saw what happened on Thanksgiving man. The Packers turned that corner. Oh yeah, they
0: did, bro. Thanksgiving, <laughs> man. It it all started oh, yeah. on Thanksgiving.
1: Maybe a little happens. redemption, bro. It's hard. It's hard
0: to beat. You know, did they go one and one? I think so. It's hard to get that second win, man. So we'll see. We'll see. Nonetheless, man. I, I got the Lions, man. That's next week, though. We'll little it, little yeah. Jameer Gibbs game. I'm feeling it, bro. They're gonna let him leap uh, loose, uh, especially as a receiving back. I think this week and. Big game from Amin Ra on the outside, too. That's what I'm calling. It's going to lead us to, um, you know, it's not even the rubber match because the Chiefs are up 2-0, and but the Bills trying to get in that win column. Chiefs-Bills in Buffalo, so they had a snowy storm last week against, you know, the Steelers had the fans out there
1: shoveling for 20 an hour. Who you got here? Um, I think this game is – this game. both of these teams are, are pretty solid. Pretty even in my opinion. This game to me literally just comes down to Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I think there's a lot of similarities on this team. I think the Chiefs defense is a little better. I could say the Bills offense is a little better. So, very even matchup. This game is just going to come down to who makes the most mistakes quarterback-wise and who's able to protect the ball. If If it's as simple as that, if you're lining up these two quarterbacks, give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, I mean, if Josh Allen is able to, you know, once again, put that cape on, kind of expose a Chiefs defense who's been really solid, but, you know, they're, they've they been susceptible. You saw, you know, the Raiders kind of run all over them a couple weeks ago. So, I think there's definitely a formula. I think this is also going to be another big game. I think the Bills are finally happy they get to play the Chiefs at home. You know, all these playoff games, you know, 13 seconds and all this stuff, always at Arrowhead. So, I could only imagine how this stadium is going to be rocking. This is going to be a wild, wild atmosphere, and I think you know we might see some some real home field advantage come into play here, especially if the Bills get a lead. But man, bro, I, at this point, I, it's just hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like I've seen, you've seen them do it time and time again. Like unless it was like Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, he just doesn't lose. Like, both times. Like, when Brady was in New England and beat him in KC, and then when Brady was in Tampa. Like, that's literally what it's going to take. Other than that, man, like, I know this offense is nowhere near, you know, what it should be with Patrick Mahomes at the helms. Like, there's not really a running game. Receivers are questionable. Travis Kelsey, it seems like he's taking a step back. But I don't know, man. It's just... Mahomes and Andy Reid. That combo, man. It's, until the Bills do it, until the Bills knock them off, I, I think it's going to be hard. For me, it's going to be hard to pick against them. And I'm going to just say this. If there's ever, ever a time the Bills could beat the Chiefs, it's now. it's got to be right now. Like If they don't beat them now, at I home. don't think at home. They got the higher seed. Josh Allen is playing some of his best football. He's got the Superman cape on. Like Everything is pointing to the Bills beating the Chiefs in the playoffs this season, but... I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, man. I I just can't. Give me the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know why I clicked on the Bills Um, first off as a pick. I'm trying to see if Gabe Davis um, will play next week. Not sure. You know, for the Bills, he's, you know, the guy that broke out, had the four-touchdown game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead thought he won the game on that touchdown before the Chiefs, you know, made that field goal uh, late in the game. And, you know, I was really leaning towards the Bills. But then as we were talking, I was like, yeah, what am I doing, man? Because last week against the Dolphins, I saw some rules being made up on the fly by the refs. Pat Mahomes' (laughs) helmet breaks. He's allowed to still play in the game. Like that is if your equipment breaks and your helmet breaks, you have to be taken off the field. Like you can't just switch a helmet. I don't. know clock stoppage. Not not a real thing. Didn't like, lose a timeout. Anything. That's what I'm, like. <laughs> it, it, don't even get me started. The the rough in the passer call on Christian Wilkins when Justin Houston's getting line on the line. It's just the PTSD, the the helmet to helmet against Hollywood Higgins against the Browns in the divisional round. No call, fumble, Chiefs ball. Like, man, let me join
1: in. Bro. Yeah, in the it, Super, the Eagles, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, the PI, man. James like, Bradbury, You know, the pivotal point of his career. Like, they, they literally ruined like, this man's career. <laughs> yeah, off of one bad call. Like, horrible call first off, but. I just thought
0: about that and I was like, they're like, oh, the refs gotta choose between Bill and Chiefs. I was like, they've been choosing, man. Like they've been choosing. You think the NFL is gonna rock with Taylor Swift out of the playoffs? Like all that money coming in. Come like on now. let's be real, bro. These refs are gonna make sure Patrick Mahomes and company, you know, not to knock Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's greatness, but come on, man. It's time and time again, bro. Like, I don't see any calls leaning to another team. Other than when they called the offsides on Tony in a regular season game, they're not doing that in the playoffs, man. Give me the Chiefs, bro. They got the the whole league behind them, and it's not even analytical football you mentioned. The Chiefs' defense definitely playing at a higher level than the Bills. On the other side, Josh Allen can limit those turnovers, not try to, you know, even though he has that Superman cape on, be a safe Superman. That's the only way the Bills really win, and if they could get James Cook going with that running game. It'd be a And if they have Gabe Davis add another weapon on the outside, he's banked up with that injury. Uh, maybe go for another career game. I just don't see it happening. I I like the Chiefs they're gonna win the this game. It's just nothing else said Only people to beat him in the playoffs, Tom Brady. So <laughs> that guy had to come out of retirement. Maybe we'd be talking something else. But give me the Chiefs on the road, if there's any time for the Bills, like you said, it's now, but The Bills also a cursed franchise, man. I mean, hey, I don't think anyone's catching a break against the Chiefs. (laughs) I was going to wrap up our NFL divisional playoff matchup. I did have Raheem Mostert's stats pulled up. I didn't say him. 29 carries, 220, four touchdowns against the Packers in 2019. Yeah, 2019, January 19th. Yeah, that was kind of
1: his breakout game.
0: Yeah, that's where, you know, 28-year-old running back went. Went absolutely nuts, and we'll see with the Niners-Packers rematch here uh, this year in 2023, season 2024. But it's going to wrap up Go to Go, episode 74.
1: Any last comments, takes? Anything like that? Uh, some some exciting football, like you mentioned, some some big blows this week. But I think we got we got to see a lot of young QBs step up. But I think I think it's always fun when you know you add some new names to the mix. So yeah, definitely yeah, it was
0: fun. Moving on to next season for another three teams in these playoffs, uh, add them to the draft board and what they'll be looking for this off season gonna wrap up episode 74 go to go pod on tiktok go to go youtube apple spotify all that like comment share and until next week we'll be back with the championship weekend man peace